Well, good morning. Okay. So it was interesting. I was even going to share uh, what Pastor Gary just shared. Uh, sometimes in our lives, we are praying about things, and the answer comes, and you're really not paying attention. And that's what happened. I mean, I'd been uh, asking for an opportunity to share God's word. And uh, yeah, when Pastor uh, texts me and I was like, yeah, let me, let me, let me pray about it. And, and literally mid-stride, I was praying and, and it was just like loud and clear. God said, well, that is what you've been asking for. So what are you waiting for? <laughs> And it just, uh, even now, it just sent chills down my spine, and uh, it was uh, really cool. So, uh, the title of this morning's uh, teaching is going to be Learn to Cook. <laughs> and uh, you'll see the uh, metaphor as we get going here today. Uh, if you would, please, start, uh, we're going to start in Hebrews uh, chapter 5, uh, verse 11, and we're going to read through uh, verse 14. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. That dull could be lazy, complacent, apathetic. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So as we kind of go through this this morning, I want you to think about where are you in your personal walk? Where are you in your growth? And I'm going to challenge you this morning to think about where do you want to be at the end of 2020? I want to build upon the past two weeks of what Pastor Gary has been teaching. Are you going to start, are you going to finish 2020 the same place you were in 2019? Are you going to grow in your relationship with God and Jesus Christ. Are you still needing the milk or are you eating meat? Are you able to give an account for what you believe? Will your home be more Christ-centered? What will you do to bring forth the changes you wish to see? So with that, let's uh, pray and then we'll get into this. Our Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to gather together, to, to look at your word, to study it, to consider the things that you put in there for us. Father, I pray that you uh, just work within me to bring forth the things that you would have me to. I pray, Father, for each and every heart that's here this morning, that you open them up, that they can receive your word and it can live in their lives. So I pray for each and every one of us this morning, and I ask this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So babes require someone to feed them. They cannot eat meat but are fed milk. This is all their little system can handle. 
This is how we are when we're first introduced into God, God's Word, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Someone is feeding us. Someone is teaching us, breaking it down. But we're not intended to stay there. As babes become toddlers, they are introduced to more solid foods. They start getting teeth. They can start chewing and feeding themselves. They grow into a child and then to a teenager. I won't get into the teenage years. <laughs> but this is how we should grow as Christians. And, and, and actually, there's probably some comparisons to a teenager. As we grow in our Christian walk, we have some rebellious states. We're not so sure we're convicted of the things that we've learned. There's some questions that have, we have. Teenagers are a good representation of that. We still need help breaking it down, but we also should be studying on our own, applying what we learn. We should be maturing. The teenager grows and soon becomes an adult. They eat strong meat. They're fully mature. They have kids and care for them and teach them. <clears throat> As Christians, we should also continue maturing. We study on our own. We understand. We study on our own. Our understanding of God's word increases to the point where we can share it with others. We can give an account for the things that we believe. If you would, please turn to First Peter chapter three. First Peter. Chapter 3 is towards the back of the book. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says, But sanctify the Lord in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason for the hope that is, then, that is in you with meekness and fear. We should be ready to give an account for the things that we believe. So are you growing? What stage are you in? Are you new to this whole Christian God thing, still needing milk? Are you starting to stand on your own, a teenager? Or are you like an adult, studying, growing in your understanding, and teaching others, eating strong meat? There are many who have been Christians a long time and yet rarely open the book and spend time studying, building upon the understanding and just staying right there. Is this, is the feeding you receive only on Sunday? Do you only eat once a week? Could you survive eating only once a week, once a year? Could you grow stronger? Are you spiritually starving yourself? Consider this. If you hear a message on Sunday or listen to one throughout the week and you never open the Bible to study what you heard, how do you know what you're hearing is truth? For all you know, it could be totally false. It's up to us to get into the book, to listen to the things that we've been taught, and then go compare for ourselves. And is it, does it line up with the scriptures? Does it line up with our understanding of what we know of God's word? If it doesn't, it's an opportunity to ask questions, to do more studying. Sorry, I don't have the computer where I can just flip uh, on down here. Knowledge of God's word and one's ability to study to increase understanding is one of the primary keys to growing in our relationship with God and his son, Jesus Christ. Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Back to the left a little. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 through 17. 
says here that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. That word truly means perfect, exactly suited, completed, nothing lacking. It's all there. Back in the days and times when we didn't have all these computerized stuff and ships would set out for long voyages, they would have to have everything that they would need to survive on board on that ship. The holes would be completely fitted with all the ropes and all the food and all the supplies and the water and everything that they needed. It would be said that it was truly furnished when they set out for a voyage. That is how God has set us up. The scripture allows us that we can be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. So if understanding the scripture is how we can be truly furnished, it stands to reason we need to study God's word. Why? So we can confirm what we hear. So we can be about the good words, works mentioned here. So we can grow in our relationship with God and his son, Jesus Christ. So we can share the wonderful truths found in God's word with others. Someone led us to Christ. We also should want to lead others. Part of the good works mentioned here. Look at 2 Timothy 2.15. It says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Literally, this could be rendered, Endeavor earnestly and diligently, to achieve a goal or to accomplish an objective, remembering also to use time wisely and to do this to show thyself approved unto God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly, straightly, or properly cutting the word of truth. So this studying requires work on our behalf. You ever been around somebody who really knew how to work? They didn't really have to be told? You could point them in a direction and they just got after it. That's what it's talking about. Somebody who doesn't have to have a taskmaster sitting, sitting there making sure that they stay on, on task. It's a workman who needeth not be ashamed. We have the opportunity to do that. Ever had something that you were really good at, that you complete, competed at a high level at, could perform better than others, or were just awesome at? You got that way by practice, 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 studying, trying, failing, trying again until you got good at it. Anything in life worth having requires that kind of effort. Our relationship with God, our growing spiritually, requires effort. It requires practice. It requires studying. It requires praying. It's not going to happen on its own. It's not going to happen just coming to church on Sunday. It's not going to happen just listening to a great teaching. It's going to require effort on each and every one of ours part. If we want our relationship with God to change, we have to be the ones who take a step forward. He's already made everything available to us. We just have to step out. We have to study. We have to put forth the effort. No one is going to do it for you. Don't expect someone else to carry your water. It takes effort. It takes failing, dusting yourself off and trying again and again and again. But hold on, you say. I've tried and I just can't do it. I want everybody to turn to Philippians chapter 4. 
Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Take a minute and read that. It says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Let's say it together. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Nothing lacking, all things. If you're born again, it's Christ in you. And you are strengthened by him. No excuses. This is either the truth or it's a lie. And it's up to us to decide what it is in our own hearts. There are benefits to learning God's word. Let's turn to Proverbs. To the left, kind of the middle of the Bible. Chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 1. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searcheth for her as hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear or reverence of the Lord and find knowledge of God. Hid treasure. It requires a lot of effort to find. It's not easy. It's hidden. There are clues, but you must look for them. We have a TV show that we like to watch. It's called Oak Island. And I don't know if any of you have seen it, but there's this island up in Nova Scotia where who knows how long ago and for how long people have hid treasure there. And there have been, in the late 1700s, there were some men who came across what they called the money pit. And they found this treasure, or they started discovering different things as they started digging. And there's all kinds of clues around this. And fast forward to today, there's two brothers, and they have invested millions of dollars looking for this treasure. And there's been many searchers who've come before that. But it's very well hidden, very well hidden. And there are clues all over this island But the problem is with these clues is they're not sure are the clues from the people who originally put it there or is it from those who've come before and are searching. Many times in our own Christian walk, we have to discern what are the clues that we are finding. Are they true from God's word or are they somebody else's interpretation or doctrine or something else that's confusing that's throwing us off the track. That's why it's so important for us to get our nose in the Word, to study, so that we can find the hidden clues that God has put in His Word for us. By becoming more and more familiar with God's Word, we can discover the hidden treasures that God has placed within His Word. There have been many times over the years where I have read the same passage and got something totally different out of it. Something totally that was there the whole time, but I just didn't see. It was a clue that was right in front of my nose the whole time. But as I matured, as I gained more understanding, God was able to open other things within the scriptures to me. 
it's, it's that way for each and every one of us. These clues are in the Bible. They're in God's Word. He's placed them there for us to benefit from, to learn from, to grow, to mature, so that we can have more of the meat of the Word. Back to the right, let's look at John chapter 8. John chapter 8. We'll read verses 31 and 32, John chapter 8. Then said Jesus to the Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Do you have something in your life that feels like a snare? If you're not familiar with a snare, a snare is something that trappers use. And once it tightens, it won't loosen. It just continues choking. The more pressure the animal applies to it, the tighter the snare gets until the trapper comes and releases it. Back years ago, trappers used to use big old bear traps, and they were required to have the key to the trap within arm's reach in case somebody got snared in it. And the key was the only way that you could open that trap. Here we read, if we continue in the word, we will know the truth, God's truth. And it, God's truth, will make you free. If we're feeling trapped or are struggling with something, God's word is the key that will set us free. But there's no way to know that unless you get your nose in the book. Turn, if you will, to James chapter 2. James chapter 2. I've been participating in the men's Bible study, and it's amazing to me all the wonderful things that is in the book of James. There's a lot of reproof and some correction and some also building up. And it's really been a blessing to look at this uh, together with some of the guys here in church. So let's look at uh, James chapter 2, verse 22 through 24. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man who, beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of a man he was. You ever looked in the mirror, and you stepped away, and they thought, well, what did I, did, was my hair okay? Did I, did I, no, I think I need to, I'm, I got to go look. (laughs) What this is saying is that if you only listen to the word and do not apply what you have learned, you will quickly forget it. You must be doers of God's word. Practice, practice, practice. We want to get good. We got to step out. We got to practice. We got to do. It's good to listen to teachings, to podcasts, to readings of the Bible. However, we read here, it's not okay to be a passive participant. You ever been around a sports fan? Man, they know the game inside and out. They can give you statistics. They can tell you what games were won by and who they were playing and who was traded to this team or that team. They know the game, right? They've spent, they've invested time. They've invested energy. They've expended all kinds of resources to gain this knowledge. 
It's not very profitable. But they do this and they keep track and they share it with others with excitement. This is for sports. I'm sorry, but who cares? What about what really matters? What about God's word? What about eternal life? Forgiveness of sins? The rest that we have with him? Holy Spirit that you have within you. Now that's something to get worked up about. That's something to get excited about. That's something to go out on the street corner and share with others and, and say, I am a believer. God has done wonderful things in my life. Too often as Christians, we sit back and we won't open our mouths. We won't say a thing and we just let God get trampled on. And yet we will stand up and talk about things that absolutely don't matter one hill of beans. Things that, you know, just like this sports thing. But there's lots of other things, lots of other examples in our lives where we will expend energy and effort and it doesn't really profit us at all. Are we applying or doing the things that we've learned? How well do we know the things of God and Jesus Christ? We should all strive to grow in our relationship with God, to gain in our understanding and knowledge of his word. We should not be satisfied with milk only, but should want meat. Learning to study God's word is a little like learning how to cook. When you first start learning to cook, you cook basic things. You do some eggs. Probably start with scrambling because you can't quite figure out how to flip the eggs. <laughs> you use things with basic ingredients or things that have clear instructions. You get the box of macaroni, you add the water, two tablespoons of butter, a little milk sometime later, we're good. It's simple. <laughs> When we start studying God's word, we should start with the basics. Start with Jesus Christ. Read the Gospels. Learn about our wonderful Savior. As you get better at cooking, you take on more challenging meals that require more ingredients, more skill. You step out a little bit. You experiment, and you get better. When we have learned about Jesus, we can move on to other epistles, on to the epistles. We can move, begin reading some of the accounts of the Old Testament. Genesis, Daniel, Ruth, Esther, Samuel, Psalms, Proverbs, etc. We grow. We start gaining more knowledge. We start learning more things about God's Word. In time, now you know how to cook. You're not a master chef. I only know of one master chef, and that was Jesus Christ. You know how to cook. You know your ingredients and how they work together. You may not be that master chef, but you know your way around a kitchen. You're still learning, but you can teach others how to cook. Likewise, as a Christian, you become more familiar with the word. You know the records. You can relate things better. You have a relationship with God and his son, Jesus Christ. You continue learning, but you can show and teach others. This is what we should strive to do. We should know how to cook. We should know how to share God's word. We should know how to prepare a meal, give an account for the things that we believe. We should know how to find the ingredients and put them together properly. We should strive to know the word inside and out. It takes time and it takes effort to do this. It doesn't happen on its own. 
Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't listen to a teaching or a podcast or come to church. I'm not saying that at all. In fact, we prepare many meals at home, right? But sometimes it's kind of nice to go to the restaurant. It's kind of nice to have somebody else cook for us. It's kind of nice to have somebody put the effort and time into things. You go, you enjoy the meal, it's hopefully well prepared, and when you leave, it's memorable. It's the same way with teachings or coming to church, but it will not sustain you throughout the rest of the week or over the year. You still must do some cooking on your own. Don't spiritually starve yourself. So, maybe you don't know how to get started. This may seem a little overwhelming. Maybe you're saying, I've never really figured out how to study God's word, so where do I start? Take a moment and look around this room. There are many mature Christians here who know how to cook. They're here and they can help you. I had someone open the scriptures to me and help me understand how to break it down, how to learn how to cook. If you're a mature Christian, that's part of your job to teach others. Take it seriously. And also, it's a wonderful opportunity to share with others what God has so blessed our lives with. Maybe you have been struggling to get over, you know, to get off your rump. Maybe you're just kind of, you know, stalled out. Maybe you're going through your teenage years. You know how to study, but you've stalled out. Make a plan. Be intentional. Make time for what matters most. So in closing, I want to challenge each of you. Let's grow in 2020. If we grow in our relationship and understanding of God, we will see amazing things happen in our lives, in our family, in our church, and in our community. As you read through the Gospels, you see when Jesus Christ came in, that things, he would come into a town and there would be all kinds of turmoil. Not negative turmoil, but positive turmoil. People couldn't get enough of what he was doing. The same happened in the book of Acts when the apostles were out teaching and sharing God's word. That same kind of energy can happen today. Jesus Christ said, the works that I do, you shall do also because I go unto my Father. So those are opportunities for us. Can you imagine? It's Christ in you. That's Christ in me. Each and every one of us has the opportunity to do the works that Jesus Christ did and greater works than these. So when I say, think about how growing this year could change. What kind of changes could we see in the family? What kind of changes could we see in our church? What kind of changes could we see in this community? We could turn the world on its ear if we step out and believe. So don't be a spectator any longer. Get in the kitchen and learn how to cook. Thanks.